Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And this is yet another episode brought to you by a reminder, you're not in good hands if you're with Allstate. Oh, it's on. It's I told on. them I'm making them a weekly feature. <laughs> was... Weekly feature, not sponsored by. Uh, <laughs> not sponsored. And, and uh, we should probably let you know that if you drop us a four-star review and you want to get flame. Or lower. Or lower. Yeah, or lower. Uh, it just depends. Like if you want to be a running feature. Uh, we did have some who they came back and changed their review. So I don't know if that's unethical, um, but yeah, that was a thing. So. Dude, I, I still think back about that. Like so many times people gave us two star reviews and they were like, what are you doing? Do you see my hand? It's blurring. It's like it's going out of the time space continuum. <laughs> going into the multiverse it's like the twilight <laughs> zone over here podcast <laughs> i have no idea what you're doing and all of a sudden i'm totally distracted i'm like what are you doing we're on zoom and i move my hand out and my fingers blurred like they were going into the multiverse of madness and uh then pete's talking and i was no longer listening i was looking at my hand I no, all i was gonna say forth. is i just remember so many two-star well, so many there was like two or three two-star <laughs> reviews and we just murder them on, you know, the podcast. Like, oh, you want your money back? We'll give you your money back for the episode you didn't like. Or how many times people would say, I thought it was going to be like hardcore church planning. And it's not. You guys oh, talk at the beginning. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny, man. I, you know, it's funny. I was looking at um, today. I, I went on Twitter. And of course, whenever I go on Twitter, you, you mean know, X. X. I didn't know this. I, I, someone made a reference and they're like, whatever it's called nowadays. And I'm like, oh, but anyways, I went on there and of course Stetzer pops up, right? Because he's, he's Mr. X now. Um, he was Mr. Twitter before, 
but um, he's all over it. And I, I was just looking at his posts and I was just laughing. Like we're like the anti Stetzer, right? Like, like when it comes to church planning, you have like the mainstream, like big box and stuff that, and then you got us and we're like, kind of like the bad news bears of church planning. But I think. So we, you're saying he's Walmart and we're just the mom and pop shop. You know, but Walmart hires criminals and that's my kind of church planning. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I, I, I feel like more like we're Walmart and he's more like Nordstrom's. Oh, he can have nice things, yeah. right? We, he's on Moody Radio. He's got all. We can't have nice things, Pete, because we flame our two and three star reviews. <laughs> Although there is there is kind of a snarkiness that comes out in Stetzer sometimes. Have you noticed that? If he's on Twitter, he he'll get a little. No, snarky. I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I don't pay attention to Stetzer at all. Yeah, not after his comments to us. <laughs> <laughs> So what's today's topic? <laughs> Get me with a soundbite, quick. Spicy uh, meatball. Uh, I need here it. We go, here we go. Here we go. The Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve, but the podcast they need. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Here it is. Here it is. A bad feeling about this. Mm. Ooh, it's so good to have them back. It does. It is. His other one that was really good was Never Tell Me the Odds which is a great church planting thing. Speaking of statistics and Stetzer, never tell a church planter the odds. They don't want to know that. I thought you were going to say never tell Stetzer the odds. <laughs> no, Stetzer tells us the odds. We don't want to know yeah, that. That's true. But, you know, it's funny that, really, that really famous, uh, you know, 70% of church plants fail. Uh, Stetzer would say that is not the case. He would say, oh, no, that's not. I actually would argue it's more. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be way more. He says it's lower. He's he's more optimistic about church planning. I think COVID pretty much demonstrated, no, it's pretty bad. And most of the people that were into planning probably what, aren't what coming back. What happened with that? Um, there was that. <laughs> you and I both know what denomination it was. I'm not going to say it. But there was a denomination that was dumping all kinds of money on church plants. Oh. And. Whatever happened oh, to those church anymore. plants? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know not anymore. Yeah. But didn't no. most of those church plants kind of like, eh, the money ran out? Okay, we ran out. Well, it was happening back then. This this was my reason. Um, I had, I've had, you know, I've been able to work with various uh, organizations and, and and you have to maintain privacy. But um, I've I've seen the inner workings of a, of a few big organizations now and um, have been able to to get a front row seat. Like if I want data, um, there's times I've been able to request data. Uh, there's been times I've just been able to work with data. And the reality is that you will uh, often see, and this was way back, like, um, you know, much before COVID, um, that, that church planning was struggling. Um, and I have huge respect for denominations and organizations that are pouring into it. I think that's phenomenal. I mean, for me, in and this is kind of our thing, right? Like how much is church planning? It's free. I've never raised a penny for a church plant. I've raised money for New Breed, which specializes in training and often gives training to people at no cost. Um, you know, not not 
every day, but you know, our, our whole global training is 100% free. No one's ever paid a penny for that. But the reality is that, um, when, when I'll tell people how much it costs, I'm like, it's free. You, everything you need to do, like making disciples, gathering people together, train, like that's all free. You just do that, right? Raising up leaders. That's all free. That didn't cost anything. But Pete, having the Bible inner circle or mission by business.com, that'll help you pay your bills. That, we, that, but that's it. Are we switching <laughs> no, already? I was just being nice. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> but you know, that Covo Bibo thing, that's that is why we talk about that because you you gotta be able to do the free stuff for free. And if you need to pay your bills, you're not gonna be able to do that for free, right? You gotta have a way to make money. Yep. To me, that's the secret sauce of church planning. Do not tie your personal finances to your church plan. Many people are like, oh, you know, my church plan failed. We never got beyond 30. I can never reach critical mass. I can never pay a paycheck. Yeah, no, that wasn't what your church was there for. It wasn't there to pay your paycheck, quite frankly. Your church plan was there to reach loss. You had 30 people gathered. You gathered 30 people and you're calling that a failure? I'm pretty sure there's some churches in the New Testament that that's all they got was 30 people. You did all right. Your church plan didn't fail. You failed to plan for your personal finances. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is uh, they're just looking at the way we do church now. And so they think they failed because, I mean, if you're here in Texas, oh my gosh, right? There's a mega church on every corner. Mm. And so you're going to judge yourself compared to the mega church. I'm still convinced that that there are a lot of people here that are outcasts that mm. would never go to one of these mega churches because they don't feel accepted. They don't feel wanted. They don't feel anything right. When they, yeah. they look at these regular typical mega churches. And again, I'm not saying I have a, an issue with mega churches. I think they can serve a purpose for sure, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are not going to go to that. So what if yeah. you had the church plant that only had 20, 30 people, but it's all the outcasts. Yeah. Amen. That, I mean, that right there is a beautiful point. And it's funny you mention that because I'm planting currently, right? So I've got this core team, um, strike team. I know people don't like core team because it means different things. We can use the same uh, terminology. I call it a strike team. Um, but even even this wait, isn't wait, really wait, a wait, strike wait, team. Wait, 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 wait. Do you tell them they're in jump school? Come on, be honest. <laughs> They're always all in jump school. Look at, did you see my creepy Biden whisper right there? That was awesome. (laughs) No joke. But here's a funny thing. I, I actually, Pete, I'm training my people right now. And this is crazy. I actually uh, have trained planners for so many years. But you can be blind to what's right in front of you when you're when you're planting. In fact, I was going to take everybody through jump school um, as core team training. We've been meeting six months now, and I felt the Holy Spirit in the very beginning say, nope, you're not training these guys like you trained everyone else. And thank God for that, because if if I just keep doing the same thing I've always done, I don't learn. I don't grow. Right. So this time around, I just held off. Well, first off, it's me, uh, Andrea, Bo, Mary, you know, we're, we're, there's these four of us. 
And we've got these different people. I brought people, Bose brought people. And, and so here's my new takeaway, man, it's really bothering me. My hand keeps disappearing in the metaverse, but uh, here's what happened. Those of you listening, I'm expressive when I talk. I know it's a podcast, but Pete will tell you my hands are always moving. I'm always like waving my arms around when I'm talking. And, but what happens, I will tell church planners, when you have your team, you need to look at who the Holy Spirit has put in the room with you. We call that gift-driven ministry so that when I know who God has put in front of me, I start finding out what their heart is, their passions, what we're going to do. And I was away in Florida at a conference and I can't, I, it wasn't like I was doing anything amazing. I think I was actually just walking from my hotel, you know, middle of my hotel room to my door. And I had this epiphany. God has put in the room with you, like over half of my strike team is youth. Somewhere within the age of 12 to 15 years old. And I went, huh, like, this is kind of like Jesus' strike team. He had a bunch of teenagers. Did he try? And I, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you've been ignoring what I've given you because reaching the youth to me is key. I think we talked about this last week. That- wait, 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 hold on. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. <laughs> I love it so much. It's my life. I love it. But here's the thing, you know, the Holy Spirit had put in front of me young people. And <clears throat> when I was at that think tank for church plan, I think I mentioned this last week. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was on some other call, but um, Andrea had put, you know, the key to reaching, um, the key to multiplication, all that stuff. Everybody had all these different ideas. And Andrea put youth times yeah. three. and And I think this is kind of the amazing thing to me is I haven't been following my own advice. So it was kind of like a little Peyton Jones popped up on my shoulder, like on the cartoons, the angel and the devil, little Peyton Jones trainer popped up and said, Hey man, listen to your own advice. The Holy spirit put a bunch of youth in front of you. And that has changed me. So Sunday morning, I know this wasn't supposed to be our topic, but maybe this is our topic. I have one in the reserves feet that I keep wanting to get to, but we don't get to it. But my thought was Jesus focused on young people. In in one sense, and this, this carries on from a conversation last week, we have pretty much given up on the young people of this generation. Why? If the Jesus movement got back in touch with young people, if John Wesley during the Methodists, he got in touch like young people uh, let's go all stetzer on this 70% of conversions happer, happen happen happy happen under the age of 18 70% of church or conversions happen under the age of 18 and and there's diminishing returns as that number gets bigger and bigger and bigger so you guys stop and think about that okay um, what does that mean then for us? It means that we're not focused in the right area. Even the whole talk of church planning. If you're church planning, most likely you're going after middle-aged folks, right? It's not the boomers anymore. That was a mega church. 
The millennials might be there, a lot of church kids, a lot, but statistics have shown that the younger people are getting, the less likely they are to be in church. So taking a cue from the Jesus movement, taking a cue from what Jesus did, why are we not stopping and thinking to ourselves, hold on, why am I not going after young people? Why am I not a TikTok star, dang it? I can't talk today. Um, that's because TikTok is run by China. <laughs> well, okay. What about X? Right. I'm oh, going to be an X star. Why am I so, not an X star? <laughs> well, I, yeah. first of all, let's okay. be really whoa, careful. Whoa, whoa. Get a soundbite. Put a soundbite in there real quick, Pete. Spicy meatball. I don't have that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, I'll do it. Mamma mia. That's a one, a spicy meatball. There we go. I saved it. I like it. Uh, but you know, I mean, what, what do you think about that? You're raising two young people, right? Well, it's funny as you were talking about that, I'm sitting here thinking about the church that we're going to, that's got, I don't know, five, 600 people, but the youth, it's small, like, like, I don't know, 40 kids total. Mm. And I mean, I'm talking all ages kindergarten through high school. Right. And it's like, okay, so if what you just said is true and it's not that I'm debating that it, that it isn't true. I'm like, Oh man, this is not a good sign. Like the church was already dwindling, which is um, not unusual for this area because I think I mentioned this before. This area is right now about 40% Indian. And um, unless you come from a Christian part of India, you're not going to go walking into, you know, this Christian church right? in Texas. It's, it, it's not culturally the same thing, right? I mean, it's, it would be very, very awkward. You'd feel very uncomfortable. And um, so a lot of the churches around here are dying. Um, there's one church near us, uh, probably about as far away as our, our current church. That is huge. It is thriving. They have a enormous children's ministry and interestingly enough it's uh it's one of the original church plants done by uh matt chandler's church and um part of the reason for i think it being as big and growing as much as it is is you know everybody who didn't want to drive from our area over to the village church i mean it's like oh well here's one that's you know 40 minutes closer I mean, why wouldn't you do that, right? You just go mm-hmm. there. And and then there are other reasons that I won't get into on the podcast because I got some inside knowledge on that. But my point is, is I'm looking at that going, yeah, but that's going to die out too because you have a lot. And it's, I, I will tell you, it is not, in my opinion, I've been to it three times and I'm like, okay, this is where all the white people are. Right. <laughs> and I was right. like, it's not that way <laughs> where we live. Like I've mentioned before, I think there's maybe three white couples on our entire street. Mm, and we're one of interesting. them. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is where all the white people are. They're over right. here at this church, but that's going to die out because people are going to move away. Well, so, okay. So this is the thing, right? We always say mission dictates model. So <clears throat> if I'm in that neighborhood, I need to all of a sudden go, okay, who are the people around me? If I'm church planting, we live in this atmosphere right now with social media. Social media has made things much worse 
because now we have this ability to tell stories in a way that's not true. So let me let me say what I mean by that. When I had my epiphany recently, I go, so really in this church, I'm going to be a glorified youth pastor. That's what I'm just setting my gauge to. And I'm like, that's just so not cool, right? Like everybody makes fun already of church planners. Like, yeah, youth pastor needs a new job. He's going to go plant a church or she's going to go plant a church. Here's the thing. The reality is if everything we're talking about is like cool and flashy and whatever, the reality is all the stories that you're hearing at conferences and all that, they're not as cool as they sound, right? They're giving you the best bits. I'll never forget having that. It was the best time I ever heard Francis Chan talk. He goes, yeah, I went up to the the Tenderloin and it was a few years on. I think it was six years on. He said, you know, everybody wants to tell this legendary story about how I went up to the Tenderloin. He's like, I went up there with five people and four of them hate me now. He goes, they won't even talk to me. He's like, I was a failure up there. Like, let me tell you the story of how it all really went down. And it sucked. It was a great idea, but it totally sucked for him. And it did pop and and cool things did happen. He didn't have a mega church. You know, it was people knocking door to door and meeting in living rooms. And he did the Ralph Moore thing where he discipled a couple people at a time. I think he had two or three that he was constantly discipling. And he said, that was my motto. I was doing the, the DMM thing, you know, the, the, you know, discipleship multiplication movement stuff. And he said, it just, it wasn't glorious. I mean, I'm famous. So people think it's cool when I give like the consolidated sound bites about it. It sounds romantic and awesome. But he's like, I've never wanted to quit ministry so much as those first few years doing it. It sucked. I went, I was like, what did I do? What did I do? You know, because he blew up his megachurch, Cornerstone. And this is the thing. I think we've got to get away from the sound bites. We've got to get away from what looks cool. If you're a missionary in Pete Mitchell's neighborhood, dang it, I hope you got a heart for Indian and Pakistani people because. That's who's there. And mission dictates model, man. Like, if that's the case, that's what you got to do. And and here's another thing. If if every time the Holy Spirit busts loose, young people are seriously affected and come to Jesus in droves, maybe we should pay attention to that a little bit. Maybe we should stop being worried about, yeah, I'm going to be a glorified youth pastor. I'm going after the youth. Because I'll tell you, the one person in Satan, the one demographic, Peyton is, or, excuse me, I cannot talk today. It's because I'm getting ready to hop on a plane in like 45 minutes and go to the airport. And I'm my mind's super distracted when I travel. But if Satan doesn't want you to reach one demographic, it's young people. He does not want us to even think about them. Because they will not build you a big, sexy church that can be financially mm. sustainable. I'm just going to mm. tell you that. They won't. Yeah, no, that's a huge point, man. I, it's funny as you were talking, I was like, yeah, that's kind of how everyone sees the path, right? Oh, I got to start out as the children's pastor. Then maybe I can move up to being the youth pastor. 
And then, you know, one day I'll be a senior pastor. Right? It's like, well, I got to be an associate pastor first. And then, you know, it's like they're looking at the uh, career progression as opposed to, well, one, where have they actually been called to? Because I, I remember I was talking with uh, at our old church in California. I was talking with the gal who uh, runs the uh, the kids ministry. And um, I think she was mentioning there was some dude who had been like a, a big time pastor and he left it to go be a children's pastor. And she was like, I got to talk to that guy because <laughs> mm. it was like no one goes that direction. Right. No one goes from senior pastor to children's pastor. Right. But he was like, no, this is this is where I'm called. Like and like for her um, as the the children's pastor at, at our church. She was like, I have no desire to do anything else. Like, this is what I've been called to do. And I'd say that she was really, really good at being a, the, the children's pastor for sure at that church. And, uh, but yeah, you're right, man. It's funny. We, we see that as a stepping stone. That's more than a stepping stone. That is literally the cornerstone. Yeah. You know, again, going back to last week, that's why Andrea put times three next to youth because she's like, all this other crap we're talking about, if we don't pour into youth, man, like it, all this is for naught. It's not going anywhere. We're just going to keep shrinking. And that's kind of my thing right now. You know, it's funny when we're training planners. I mean, I still train planners all the time, but there was an exercise I used to do um, back with North American Mission Board, and it was from the genius of Mac Lake. And it was basically... Um, it was kind of, you know, we, we would do this, um, inductive Bible study in first Corinthians nine, where Paul says, I want to be all things to all men. And, um, we would all tease it out a bit and we would ask who are the all men, you know, um, who are the all people in your community? And what I, you know, there was always a bit of wiggle room and we could add on to it or whatever. What I would always do is have them list out everyone they could think of in their city. And then I'd say, right. So the people that you, because I always had from reaching the unreached, ching, I had Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth as my four metrics of how is your church doing in reaching everybody? Um, your Jerusalem is your street, like you were saying, your neighborhood. Your Judea are third spaces in your community where <clears throat> it's their turf, not yours. Samaria are the marginalized, right? Um, and and so that's where I would kind of focus and say, you know, it's funny that Jesus says Jerusalem, Judea, and those are outward concentric circles and then the ends of the earth. But to the north and slightly off to the side was Samaria. And you're like, okay, that's weird, right? Like he included this very unique geographic area, Samaria, why did he do that? Well, in fact, that was the way that the gospel spread. But Jesus's very first thing that he did on mission, uh, first thing he did publicly was a wedding of Cana Galilee. After that, he goes to Jerusalem, cleanses the temple, pisses everyone off, right? Then he disappears. Then check this out. In his first year, his whole year of ministry, he really only does these three things. One was the wedding of Cana Galilee, unintentional. Jerusalem was just really throwing a wrench in the gears of the religious worship. Number three, he goes to Samaria. And this mini revival breaks out. And Jesus is showing us like, hey, 
the marginalized are low-hanging fruit, right? And he tells them, he tells the disciples, you are going to reap where others have sown and watered, which is profound. And he tells them that because what he's actually saying is, hey, this woman, she went and did everything. When you reach people like this and they just take off, it's like, you know, we we saw it in Refuge Long Beach where someone would get saved. He who's forgiven much loves much. And they would just bring all these people to Jesus. Um, that's what happens. And, and what I'm saying is in all of my years, this is bizarre. It didn't occur to me until I've been having this epiphany recently. In all my years of training people to come up with the marginalized, I have never yet heard two answers. The first one we've talked about on a show, which is the handicapped, right? The disabled. No one ever talks about them. And yet the deaf they don't have churches they can go to, right? Um, people with special needs, you know, uh, there's really not a lot for them. And there are millions of care homes all over. Um, I've never heard as an aside as well. We did an episode, I think you and I on micro church, you want an instant micro church. This is what I'm going back to. It's not sexy. It's not sexy to do this, but if you want a system of micro churches overnight, old folks homes, Mm. I mean, it's all you got to do go in there. That's your mission. That's your gathering, right? If you're able to gather and scatter on mission, boom, that's it, right? Minimal ecclesiology is a worshiping community on mission. There you go. Old folks home, (laughs) go in there, minister to them, throw a service, worshiping community on mission. That's the definition of microchurch. So, but it's not sexy. So no one's going to do it. People aren't going to do it. I coach a guy who is doing that and it's going nuts right now because mm. he and I were in coaching. I just said, well, look, you're a, aren't you like a hospital chaplain? He goes, yeah, I go. And you have this passion for microchurch. Why don't you just go to old folks home right now? He's had to recruit a team of about 20 people because it's just exploding. It's old folks, widow and orphan to care for the widow and orphan. Right. I mean, but, but my third, dude, we got to have him on. Oh, he's rad. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We'll get him on. Um, I did ask him recently, you want to come on the podcast and talk about that? Yeah. So, but here's the thing, brother. I've never, ever heard someone say youth and we are not reaching you, right? You might reach church kids. It's like an extension of your Sunday school and you might have a rad youth program because I know people listening and be like, oh no. Our church has a rat and we're reaching you. Hey, that's awesome. But I don't think you're the rule. I think you're probably the exception. If that's the case. Yeah. Well, I think you also made a good point, though. How many of it are church kids? Mm. I mean, you know how hard it is to get unchurched kids to a youth group? I mean, it's not like it doesn't happen, but it's it's not the same for sure. Mm. You got to get those church kids on mission. You're going to get them passionate about reaching their friends. Yeah. And um, it's funny watching Mackenzie because <laughs> like, dude, Mackenzie's a little freaking evangelist, man. Look at her go. Right. Eight years old. Is she really? Oh, yeah. She'll be talking. to her. Oh, oh you don't know it. about Jesus. Oh, <laughs> we got to oh, fix that. That's amazing. Like her best friend is Jewish. So, of course, you know, they don't believe in Jesus. And she's like, oh, I, I got to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is funny. She's like, here, awesome. look at Isaiah 53. Come here. Know, right? right in the chariot next to me. I'll explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> McKinsey's so rad though. I was laughing the other day and I was just thinking, cause Luke, 
Luke is not like you or Jamie, like, no. right? Like I played Fortnite with him. He is all like gregarious and outward and people, 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 and like oh, Mr. Comedian. Massive extrovert. I was talking with, uh, we're starting a small group and we went to dinner with this uh, other couple that we're going to lead the small group with. And I go, Luke and I are night and day. Yeah. And oh, so it, it helps me because I'm learning how to deal with people <laughs> who are completely different from me. Where in the past, I would have been like, dude, just whatever get out of my life right he's my son i love him so i'm like it, it's it's teaching me you're lots really of good with him you're actually really really good with him because when we play uh, i could be better because it's it's i'm not an extrovert bro no I'm you're, totally you're not great with him i i beg to i think you're awesome with him i actually think you well i'm glad the him. fact that you don't see us together and that's your opinion that's <laughs> means the world to me hey i just know what i know from Fortnite. And it, you know, it, it, Luke comes on there and he's the life of the party, man, on our Fortnite group, which by the way, I've been very truant from for way too long. Which, I, to I don't back. know if you know this. Okay. So, you know how <laughs> I don't know if you're around for any of this. He keeps trying to get me to say he's my best friend. Oh, like, that's been ongoing. Yeah. So, Luke finally the other day he goes, Vinny, he's my bestie. So now when they play, <laughs> Luke's like, my bestie's on. My bestie's hey, got to save me. One step removed. <laughs> so, but anyways, but uh, but your daughter, it's so funny because she she's like you. She is Very just reserved. So. She watches everything, you know. She, I'm not sure about you, you know. But also, you are a ready evangelist. That is the other thing about you is you, you will drop the gospel with people on a dime. So... That's, uh, that's I don't know. Fun not watch. as much as her. I'm working on it. No, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, well, hey, going back to the whole, uh, youth thing though, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty cool to me to just think, all right, how do I? So, so this is what happens Sunday. <clears throat> I, I do this thing and you know, this with the gift driven ministry with the newspapers where I drop papers down. We did this in refuge Long Beach. Remember that we sat around the tables and we, oh, yeah, 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 at yeah, the totally. holiday Inn, and we, yeah. we, we have them circle all the needs again. I mean, that is my go-to for finding people's gifts and passions, but I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. But I don't even understand. Like if over half of my strike team is this like, you know, middle school, early high school bracket. I'm like, I got to get to know him. So I am a pulpiteer. I love to preach, but I create interactive training cohorts for a living. Like that's, that's what I do. So I was like, all right, I need to create one for young people now as a 50 year old man, not really understanding youth because <laughs> I can't be like, you know, uh, Steve Bashimi. Hello, fellow young people. You know, he rolls up with the skateboard. Remember that? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I totally do. I'm never going to be guilty of that. But uh, hello, fellow young people. If you guys have not seen that sketch, it's so dang funny. He's trying to be like, I don't know if they're mocking 21 Jump Street or something, but he he, he rolls up and he's like clearly like 60 years old. And he's he's trying to act all hip. Um, But the reality is um, I, I just went around and I said, okay, okay. And we went into uh, Luke, <clears throat> Luke 12, I think it is, where Jesus picks the 12. And um, he stays up all night. And, and, and so it says he picks out of his disciples. I, says, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jesus had a 
bunch of disciples. We see 500 at one point, 72 that he sends out as missionaries. But here he's picking his posse, like his 12. I don't know if you guys know uh, what that means or, you know, like, just so you know, normally a rabbi picked out of the religious elite, like they were the, the top graduates of synagogue. Just so you know, none of the disciples were those guys, right? John and Andrew seemed kind of religious. They had already been disciples of John the Baptist. Um, but the rest were like the flunkies, man, especially Matthew. We'll get to that. No, he did not have autism. Stop taking your theology from the chosen, which is one of my favorite sound bites. Uh, but here's the deal. Um, none of them. And, and it's so funny because I've got a bunch of people that were unchurched until this like, like an unchurched by unsaved, you know, remember the house cleansing story. Um, so they're all there and they're like into this because here I am saying none of these people are religious and they're part of the posse and we're the strike team here. And so I can see the connections going and I'm like, so let's just walk through and list them off. And in Luke where he licks, lists them off, he actually has parentheses who was so-and-so's brother. I'm like, how'd you like that? You know, Andrew, Peter's brother, you know, and then it says Simon, who is called Peter. And I'm like, that means he was an idiot, right? Because idiot, you know, uh, that's like Peter's idiot name. Whenever he blows it, like Jesus goes back and goes, Simon. And one of the the women there goes, hey, do you know what Simon means? And I said, no. And this is great. I love when this happens. Like they're digging now, right? Because it's all inductive and it's all interactive. She goes, it means uh, to hear, and I go, well, that makes total sense now when Jesus is like, Simon, you know, he's like, hey, one who's supposed to listen, right? <laughs> like he calls him that. But but it's so funny to me because as we're going through, you know, I'm like, look, and then it says this guy, Simon, who was a zealot, it's giving you like these little tidbits here and there. And I'm like, now you got to picture Matthew and Simon the zealot on the same team right? That would be like an amusing modern day examples, you know, that are, that are very uh, controversial. And, um, and then I went around and I, I had, and I was all ready with everybody's names to, and it just took on a life of its own, but I was getting ready to record, like, what's your favorite music? What are your top films? What are, you know, what's your hobby? What do you want to be? What do you, what's your dream life? And man, I got to know my team. And the weird thing is, is we came back and I'm like, okay, now look, you know, we start applying it to how are you going to reach your generation? You know, over half of you are young here. You just told me who you were. Jesus picked you and he picked you as different as you are. All these 12 were different, right? They all had different, some were fishermen. One was a tax collector. One was an activist. And Jesus picked them all to reach their generation, turn the world upside down. That means you don't have to change who you are for God to use you. He's not looking for a test tube or like a clone of some religious person. He's looking for you and yada, yada. And it really spoke to them. But um, we started asking, well, how do you think you would reach? And they got stuck on TikTok a little bit. Um. But it was like, yeah, how do you how do you think God wants to reach your generation? They did not have easy answers, but it got them thinking, right? And I said, look, you don't have to stop being you to do this. It was probably one of the coolest days we've had as a team. And I would have never have thought to do that if the Holy Spirit hadn't just kind of stopped me in my tracks and said, you're not paying attention to your own training. You're not looking at who's in front of you. 
um, Jesus picked a team like this of, of primarily young. So for me, like, even though there's like middle-aged people there to me right now, it's like, yeah, your support, my strike team is these 12 mm. to 14 year olds. You guys are all just here to help, but you know, like it's, it's changed everything for me. And the, the family who, you know, are new Christians, it was funny because a patriarch, he's a, he's a contractor. He came up to me afterwards. He said, man, this was so awesome today. And I'm thinking this wasn't preaching. It was, it was cased in scripture and it, it had scripture in it. And I was feeding off of the 12 and yada, yada. But I was like, okay. And he said, you know, Peyton, I almost didn't come today. And what he was saying was, I was so glad I was here. And I'm thinking, man, okay, we're on to something now because I have started, I don't lead this like a church service anymore. We take communion, we worship, we have discussion, we have a little teaching, but it does not feel like we eat together. It It's like refuge, but less churchy than refuge was, but it is highly interactive. And it's just, I don't know, brother, there was something about that. So all I'm saying to you guys listening today is I'm on a journey right now and I'm still learning. There was a reason the Holy Spirit said, you're not trained in this team like you've trained anyone else. This is a completely new team. Um, the one other thing I'll add is over the last few weeks, since I got back from Florida, um, I walk with Andrea, I walk down the train tracks and we can go through the lagoon and there's this big loop. Um, it's about a mile. Well, all the kids are, you know, they're down jumping off the bridge at the train tracks into the lagoon and yada, yada. And, um, so as I'm walking around, um, before we be like, all right, you punks, what are you up to? You know, like, what are you doing on here? You know, what drugs are you doing under this bridge or what, you know? Um, <clears throat> but it's funny because now something's kind of changed since I had that awareness. It's almost like you were talking about Jesus revolution with Chuck Smith my mindset has changed. I'm like, I'm now like, Hey, how's it going guys? You know? And they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, um, some of them I recognize, some of them I don't, but I have changed in how I'm approaching the teenagers I'm passing the other day, even, even the other day. And this is always an apostolic thing where God starts doing something and you're, you're just kind of watching it. Like the other day I had, uh, I have these, uh, I don't know what you call them, like kind of like workout shorts, but they say deftones on them, like all over. <clears throat> and this kid, uh, he he's like, "Hey, man, that's a great man." And I go, "Oh, you a fan?" Blah blah blah. Just started talking a little bit, and I'm like, "All right, you know, like that's never happened before, you know." And I wear Deftones clothes all the time, so stuff is starting to starting to happen, and it's just kind of different. So that's it. That's all I was going to share, but. I wanted our planners to think about youth, you know, like if we're not going after the youth guys, um, this kind of precipitated in our, you know, uh, conversation last week, but for me, it's really relevant right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's to me, that's one of those, uh, <clears throat> it's one of those things that's going to make me think now for the next week. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, until next week, where I will be here to record beat. <laughs> Just a heads up. <laughs> I didn't think otherwise because I hadn't heard otherwise. <laughs> dude, your goatee has gone straight white. Oh my gosh, dude, it's crazy. Look, I got. Let me see. 
Okay, you can still see the little when I take the light off of the yeah, it's it's cotton top marmoset on my chin right there, you know? Yeah. Man. It's a type of monkey, by the way, listener. We're, we're getting old, white. dude. Yeah, I know your yours is yours is looking white in that light. Oh, too. I had to shave off my goatee dude, because so it, it was so white. I, I think oh, I told gosh. you this, right? I was speaking at uh, an event and they were uh, they had this artist in the room who's doing caricatures of all the speakers and they they drew mine up and they gave it to me. And I had no goatee. I'm like, it's so white and I'm so white. You couldn't even see my goatee. You you and I so, are not the types to uh, to go get that like gray in for men or whatever. I, to- I told Jamie I totally would. It's just they don't make red. They only have brown and they have black. And so <laughs> I go when I go all white, I'm going brown. I'm like, I'm just telling you right yeah, now, man. I'm putting I'm yeah. putting the hair club for men or whatever it is. I'm, I'm putting the, the stuff. in. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, guys, uh, real quick, um, as we come up to the end of our show, uh, this is the little part where we like to sponsor ourselves. Um, right now, you can head on over to newbreedtraining.com and you can uh, register for our Ancient Pathways course, which is coming up, which is about the character of God, uh, how it transforms our character. So that's our starting point for anyone who wants to serve God. It's always character, character, character with a nod to gifting. But what we're doing in this course is we're looking at the character of God in the Old Testament. We retroactively um, reverse engineered from the 300 direct references to God in the New Testament or the Old Testament in the New Testament and the 600 allusions. We went back and summarized what are the seven to eight principles about God um, that are in the new te- like what is it the apostles knew about god from the old testament and funny enough the old testament is all about the character of god so how does that change our character guess what from the old testament things to paul's requirements for serving god your character there's a direct correlation and guess who's in the middle of that jesus himself so we look at three things the old testament character of god the character of jesus and the character necessary. Wouldn't be a surprise to any of you, uh, in theory, that all three of those categories are directly correlated in Scripture. Uh, it just, you got to see it. You got to see it laid out. It's pretty freaking awesome. So that's Ancient Pathways. That's an eight-week cohort. Um, keep an eye out. Sign up for our newsletter. All of our stuff will come out about that in the coming weeks. We're just starting to advertise it now. You'll see it on social, but definitely sign up at newbreedtraining.com. No commitment necessary. We'll tell you all about it. Cool. Hey there, bivocational pastors. Are you tired of spinning your wheels, trying to juggle your church duties and provide for your family? Well, hold on tight because I've got some game-changing news for you. It's time to unveil missionbybusiness.com, the holy grail of training programs crafted exclusively for bivocational pastors like you. We get it. Your time is sacred, and you deserve a money-making solution that won't suck up every minute of your day. In just nine short weeks, you'll become a powerhouse, armed with the secrets to launch your own business using the mind-blowing force of artificial intelligence. Yep, AI is going to be your secret weapon. Now it's time to stop dreaming and start acting. Head over to missionbybusiness.com and feast your eyes on our masterclass video, which covers everything in much more detail. It's time to build a business that fuels your dreams, supports your church, and provides for your family. Don't wait another moment. Seize this opportunity with both hands. Head on over to missionbybusiness.com now.
All right, here we go. If you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. That's a wrap, everybody.